0: Season two of Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about individual emergency preparedness, living through a pandemic, reinventing yourself, and chasing adventure. My name is Jeff. Thanks for joining us today, and let's get to it. So you see by the title today that we're gonna do something a little different than we normally do. I think it's important to have a look at what the potential outcomes post. COVID-19 infections and what the world is going to look like once uh, once all of this is done and the reasonable world reopens. Today, I think it's important to look at government overreach. Now, a lot of things have happened that are good, and we mean by good that government interventions stepped in at the early parts of the pandemic, specifically in March and April of 2020, to provide some type of financial stability to individuals and ideally small businesses we can debate whether they good did a good job of that but the point being is is that's what we wanted government to do in times of emergency and in this emergency they actually executed a very good so today what i want to talk about is that timely but really important preparedness pandemic big government and individual agency so there's there's an endeavor to scratch the surface i mean we just want to begin a dialogue on the balance in our societies between government and individual responsibility. The, the scale that we talk about is between those two is central to preparedness. and this is being exploited by those who wish to use the pandemic as a rationale for expansion of government reach, which inevitably reduces your individual, Authority. So no conclusions here. We're not saying the world's about to end. We just think we need to have an honest reflection and above all, a call for a frank and open discourse on what we want our government to do for us and where we draw the line on overreach. I think this is a really interesting and it's a timely discussion to have. So when we look at it through the lens of preparedness, which we do on this channel, we define that as a pan-sectorial consideration present in all aspects of society and it should be a prominent part of your decision-making cycle. You have preparedness as a back thought and you do consider it. I mean, we understand it to be the efforts undertaken to set the conditions so that if but when a significant disruption occurs, you're positioned to weather the situation with limited if no effect on your normal life. Though that is a vague and often generalist viewpoint, it's meant to allow families to make the small and strategic decisions knowing that they've taken the necessary steps and have been to ensure the continued operation of their family business, their lifestyle, their health, their welfare, their online security, their private property and when we look at what's at the core of all of this the principal requirements of life so we're talking about food water shelter security and having a sense of community i mean this is a state to which all persons interested in preparedness this is what they get up every day and strive to meet whether through drawing information from private businesses consultants books websites social media and the plethora of preppers and survivalists on YouTube and maybe throw in your old podcaster here and there. But we look at the pandemic. I mean, if you consider pre-2020 conditions, this would largely be the end of the discussion. Other than the familiar monkier that we would throw at you that take everything with a grain of salt that your grandmother probably told you. However, in this COVID-19 world, there's a considerable increase in the rhetoric and the volume of alarmism. You know, it's not the fault of the pandemic. It has been simply used as a launching pad for preconceived outcomes by policy entrepreneurs. And policy entrepreneurs in the public policy world, those are individuals who have solutions, but they don't have problems yet. So there are certain given outcomes that they wish to happen in society, but they have no catalyst. They have no reason for it to occur yet. And a prime example would be Gun control advocates. So people who want scary looking assault style rifles to be removed from society, that's just what they want. So they don't have something to persuade governments to enact this legislation, but this is their cause. So they have a perfectly designed society that doesn't have bad, scary and evil looking weapons in it, but they don't have a catalyst. That's a policy entrepreneur. And so efforts to use this disruption as a platform on which to advocate for an expansionary role of government to not only temporarily, but permanently maintain responsibility to alleviate strife and ameliorate suffering in all aspects of society. Now you look at government, you say, of course, government wants to reduce strife. But you have to understand that, do you mean strife from a natural disaster? I get it, absolutely. Or do you mean every single thing that goes wrong within my life and every single thing in society that causes me discomfort and to have a bad day, I want my government to step in and to prevent as much as possible that from happening. And when it does happen, I want my government to mitigate all of my own personal pain and suffering. Now, throughout this pandemic, there quite literally have been a number of minor disruptions as part of this. But for large parts of the developing world or the developed world, we're emerging from this pandemic and will soon, once we have full dose immunity for those that wish to take the vaccine begin to reorientate ourselves to activities and lifestyles familiar from the past, not too long ago, just two short years ago, which I think is going to also have a little bit of dose of healthy experimentation in new ways of living, in new ways of working, that I think are going to be greatly beneficial. But in large matter of fact, the developed world is on the precipice of returning to organizational life as it probably looked similar to pre-pandemic times. Now, the problem is, but by and large, COVID-19 will have been a difficult and deadly period in history. But it won't be the turning point desired for those looking to alter the world, unless their advocacy works. So let's talk about big government. Now, we saw many national leaders and those appointed to multinational organizations. Speaking of the Great Reset, now you've heard this tossed around. I did a podcast episode on it before, but it was created by the founder and current head of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. Now, if you don't know what the World Economic Forum, that's the thing that happens every year in Davos, Switzerland, where all the richest of the rich governments, executives, celebrities... Corporate individuals all fly in and they sit around in a massive glamorous event and try to figure out how to save all us rest of the peasants here in the world. But that's basically it's the meeting of the wealth of the world comes together. And Klaus Schwab famously stated the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine and reset our world. I'm using this as just one example amongst many and is highlighted simply because it involves the representatives of so many national governments, multinational institutions, corporate elites, celebrities, and a myriad of abjectly wealthy individuals whose desire was not only to maintain their position in society, but to redefine the human organizational structure to ensure that their legitimacy and the continued expansion of public control of private life The opportunity was to reconstruct the democratic nations into a state where wealth was marginally redistributed, needed to be redistributed, but likely would be marginally redistributed because the people at Davos aren't about to hand over their wealth to the rest of us. National governments would become larger and responsible for far more aspects of your life. Green economics would govern the energy revolution, and the four fundamental changes would be enacted. And this, by definition, in their own press release, is what they were after. First is to change the mindset. They argue that capitalism and competition-based organizational tenets of our society were created wrongly by a few men, and now we have the power to reimagine by eliminating inequality in our societies And believing that humans are intrinsically helpful and will work together for the betterment of the species, we're able to change how we view the world of not about getting ahead, but helping our fellow citizens. And they want to create new metrics. They want to stop measuring progress and standard of living on something called the gross domestic product, which we know all about but embrace new measurements such as the Happiness Index, the United Nations Development, Sustainable Development Indexes, and focus more on a people and a planet-friendly way of living. The third one is to design new incentives. So shareholder value has traditionally been the central measurement of success and value of a corporation, but they want to put in new environmental and social government indexes and and make those the determinants of success, i.e. the world will invest money not where the highest profit exists, but where the greatest human and planetary good is done. And the last one is to build genuine connection. As we're separated from each other via a pandemic and economic inequality, we as a species fail to understand and connect with our fellow man. We're separated from the negative externalities of our actions, and therefore unaware of our downstream effects. Or, in other words, the suffering that we're causing on fellow humans. I mean, these, other than themselves, are not new. These ideas of a fairer economic system, some form of democratic capitalism, democratic socialism, redistributive capitalism, all these have been bantered about for decades. And they merit examination and thought, as there very well may be a better way to care for the most vulnerable in our society, to provide a safety net for people who need it, and to provide people with the tools to become more self-reliant and meet their main tenet of preparedness, which is the acceptance that you, and you alone, are responsible For your outcomes and this my friends is where the threat becomes apparent when the government and international institutions begin campaigns of economic initiatives where independent choice and voice are subjected to a dominant government agency or position so imagine a sport let's call it life where your opponent owns the game makes the rules and is responsible for adjudicating any grievance that occurs within the game. It imbalances the scales of fairness and the scales of competition. And the concept that I really wanna talk about today is agency. It's a term used in economics, academia, and in public policy to reflect your ability to control your life, your destiny, your decisions, and in concert to accept and deal with the consequences of executing your agency. This is the essence of human existence, that we as individuals have the right and responsibility to create the lives we wish and pursue the goals we have within a system that is fair. Governments were designed to enact rules to organize society and to codify the morals of the peoples into laws, and those laws would then be adjudicated by a government body. We call it the judiciary right now, the judges, and punishments awarded for violating those collective rules. So within that construct, there's the agency of the individual in that within the rules established, you are free to pursue community, commercial, and educational endeavors that bring you joy and fulfillment of your soul. That is a limitation of government reach to enact the rules adjudicate disputes along established rules and to ensure that the security of the state exists so that the people who choose to live in that state are then allowed and expected to execute their agency and pursue their lives. When governments move past that invisible but consequential barrier into managing the lives of individuals, we see the degradation of agency. Now I'm going to give you an example. Here in Canada, as a recent law, Bill C-10, it is likely to receive royal assent and become formal law in this country. It provides the government with the authority to regulate content on the internet in Canada based upon what their unelected body, the Canadian Radio and Telecommunications Commission, determines to be appropriate speech. I mean, I've written before on free speech on a blog, and got railed over the internet about it, but I don't care. Suffice to say that I do not believe that anyone other than the third branch of government, the judiciary, should determine what is, not, what is and is not susceptible in a free and democratic society. Simply put, no government has the right to intervene in discourse and determine what is appropriate and remove the individual's agency by silencing the offender. That, my friends, is a road which we have not gone down in almost 90 years, and a road which I believe most don't want to follow. In Canada, Bill C-10 is no different than burning books in the streets. Now, there are a plethora of other examples uh, of government expansion during the pandemic which are likely not to be revoked post-COVID-19. I mean, rarely, if ever, do governments roll back powers received during disruptions, especially if they are seen as beneficial to the greater population. A perfect example is the US Patriot Act after 9-11, largely remains in force today with little evidence that the foe remains an existential threat to the nation or the rest of the world. But those 60 words in the US Patriot Act have allowed and continue to permit a massive overreach of the US government into the lives of its citizens and around the world without check and without balances. Now another one is expansionary fiscal policy where large deficits are run to provide short-term financial benefits to a struggling population. That's not a bad event. What has occurred and is expected to occur in this pandemic is that the adoption of larger government deficits will become normal practice after COVID-19 costs are removed, leading to considerable erosion of individual agency. What I mean is that as deficits grow, interest payments grow, which requires significant taxation adjustments from both individuals and corporations to fund government operations. The expansion of your individual tax liability without your consent is an erosion of your agency, that it directly reduces your ability to pursue your life and live your dreams and be you. In essence, you are asked to reduce your quality of life so that you may contribute more to a government that has crossed that invisible but consequential barrier of structural responsibility. And the main point that I want to raise here is that what hasn't happened yet, in, in, in certainly not in Canada, but largely in any part of the world, is that we have not had that debate. Nobody is asking you as a citizen, what do you want your government to do for you? What your government is doing is what they think is in the best interest of their constituents. Now, my PhD research is zeroed right in on government messaging for emergency management. They are telling people what they believe they need to hear, and they're telling people what they want them to do. Nobody is taking the time to ask the population, what do you want your government to deliver? Understanding that there's a cost to everything you ask, any level of government to undertake, we need to have that discussion. I mean, those in the preparedness community understand that individual responsibility trumps government reliability. As well, any of us who have been a public servant or a corporate partner to government understand that through the risk adverse nature of the governance structure operations within government, they are lethargic and exponentially more expensive than private enterprise. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have value. But that has been the case in all areas separate from the national government domains of defense international relations monetary policy financial regulatory frameworks environmental regulatory frameworks justice electoral management immigration natural resource management labor standards and transportation regulation these areas of national government belong in national governments. They are related to individual and corporate conduct in accordance with an established set of rules in all domains. That is the responsibility of the government to set the rules and adjudicate disputes, period. Now at the end, we look at our preparedness mindset is about understanding we know that you are responsible for your outcomes and therefore must be permitted the agency to execute your life within the established rules of society. I mean, that is the basis for a free and democratic society, but the pandemic is and will be used as a catalyst for structural change to society that has little to do with pathogen management, but everything to do with the expansion of governmental involvement in your life and corresponding reduction in your agency. Those two things are a balance and they're antonyms to each other. Think of the scales of justice. As you increase government intervention in your life, you reduce individual agency. When you increase your individual agency, you're reducing the government's hand in your life. I mean, this bothers me as a a citizen in a free and democratic society. My government's enacting laws and regulations that further restrict what I can say and do in order to meet, to be a disclosed goal. When that goal is revealed, and I never know when it is, we're not sure if there is an underlying intention, and I'm not being a conspiracy theorist here, but if the government continues to expand their overreach and their enforcement ability and where they may set the set of rules in human discourse and in human interaction, at some point, that's going to reach a point where society is is no longer going to be a free and democratic society and i think it's going to be that's all going to be revealed too late we're going to realize it too late when there is little hope of change and overcoming the government by then we'll all be dependent sheep with little pasture left on which to graze i mean these reflections are important considerations for individuals not only in the preparedness community but in our community greater writ large We have to reasonably ask ourselves what it is we want our government to do for us, how far we're letting them to get into our lives, but understanding that if we don't ask the government to do something, that if that thing has to be done, we're leaving it to ourselves, which us in the preparedness community understand that that's a very good thing that we're becoming more self-reliant and self-sufficient individuals, that we want to take on responsibility for more and more things in our lives because we can trust ourselves far more than government reliability, that's okay. But we are surrounded by sheep who would quite happily receive all of the handouts and the doles of the federal government and sit back and get fat and happy on it. The point being here is... How much do you want to be responsible for your outcomes? And just be aware. Be aware, have a look at what your government is promising to do while using the pandemic as the rationale for enacting these new regulations. Because of the pandemic, we must have more oversight in these areas to better prepare ourselves for the next pandemic for the good of everyone to protect society those types of phrases from a government should scare you and if they don't scare you they should concern you remember your government is elected to do what you want them to do make sure you have an advocacy and use your agency to make sure that the government understands so hopefully this week you enjoyed the discussion on big pandemic big government and individual agency and understanding how the thought process of preparedness actually extends into far more areas of your life. Thank you very much once again for joining us this week on Inside My Canoe Head. If you have any statements or questions or thoughts for another episode, drop me a line at jeff@preparednesslabs.ca. At Comment on any of your live streams that you may use, whether we're on Spotify, Amazon, Buzzsprout, podcast google uh, and a couple other apple ones there please take the time to listen pass on to a friend have yourself a great day stay safe wear a mask get your vaccine and we can all resume a normal reasonable life with a little bit of new adventure take care talk to you next week